If you've got a Bible, I encourage you to uh, turn to actually Matthew chapter 3, and then take your hand out and open that up and look at Colossians chapter 3. So we're going to be looking at both passages of Scripture uh, this morning. And so as you do that, a couple more things real quick. Our nursing mom's room is open. It's to my left, the back wall here, uh, and to your right. And so we've got that. We're, we're still doing a little bit of work in there. We, we ordered some rockers in there, but on, on the shipment getting here, they broke. So I uh, don't want you guys to sit in broken rockers. So we'll be sending those back and getting those set up hopefully in a week. The second thing, as you guys are turning the passage of Scripture, um, Dan and Christy Horton, Dan's been one of our non-staff pastors here for the last eight years. Uh, basically what that means is Dan does a full-time job and then serves voluntarily as a pastor here. Um, he has been an intricate part to the start of this work. He, he planted a church called LifeSpring in the East End. It actually joined and helped start the, the new work in the East End called our East Congregation. And then as soon as the J-Town Congregation opened up, him and his wife and their family moved over here and did a ton of work to make this a reality. Uh, Dan's been an enormous blessing to me personally as well as Christy. Uh, but the Lord has provided an opportunity for Dan to be bivocational uh, and, uh, here locally. And so he's got a good friend of his that is a lead pastor of a church here and has asked him to come on staff as kind of their uh, pastor of discipleship. Uh, which you'll kind of start groups similar to what we do here, be writing some discipleship curriculum and leading discipleship classes. And so he, he's not going to be moving. He's able to kind of keep his, his, uh, his current job, uh, but is able to do uh, this work and, and get paid for it, which is a beautiful thing. Amen. So very helpful for the family as well as time. Uh, but we've been talking about this for years. This thing opened up for him. And it's like, dude, you, you got to step into this. This is a beautiful opportunity. It matches your gifting and wiring and and we, we say it with wonderful blessings. And so we needed to share with you guys because they'll be making that announcement with their body this week. And we didn't want you to know, learn about it on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media platforms in this wonderful age of technology. Amen? Okay, not many amens on that because I wouldn't amen that either because it's, it's frustrating at times. So we will be celebrating uh, them in the middle of July. They're going to be here for the rest of this month and the first half of July. I think their last Sunday with us will be July 15th, and we'll give them a high five, a big kiss on the lips, and send them out here with a lot of love. So love those guys. Uh, you're a real blessing. All right. I tell you, sometimes I feel like I make a lot of announcements up here. So you guys are really gracious in here and, and listen to my voice. So thank you guys. So let's stand together in honor of reading God's word. So we're going to read the passage in Colossians first. So if you got your little handout. It's on the screen also behind me. Um, I want to read that for us. So hear the word of the Lord. So I'm going to read verses 18 to 21. We're focusing on verse 21 here. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. And then Matthew 3, verses 16 through 18. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said this, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well Please, this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. 
Father, we're just thankful uh, for this day, Lord. We thank you for the dads that are represented in this room. And most importantly, Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for being a perfect dad to us. A perfect, wonderful, gracious, faithful Father. And I pray we'd be able to sense that, feel that, and step into that this morning. And God, we pray for our high school students and our middle school students this morning. Our high school students are at a camp in Jonathan Creek. Uh, there, got there yesterday. We pray uh, just for your blessing upon them, that, Lord, you would speak to them in powerful and beautiful ways at this camp. May they, may they just have a great, great time there. Encourage and bless the adult workers that are there. Give them strength physically, Lord. We pray for our middle schoolers. As they leave this afternoon, the same way, Lord, may you speak in a powerful way to them. Uh, just open their eyes to how wonderful and good you are. And may they just have a an, an, an wonderful, great week as they're at camp. And once again, God, we do pray uh, for those adult workers that are going to hang out with a group of middle schoolers, which can be a little trying and a little overwhelming. And so, God, give them patience and endurance in this week. And may they just enjoy themselves also. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So here's what I, what I want to do this morning. I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about the power of our words. We'll come back next week into our James series. and We'll be in James chapter 3. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back and circle back around and kind of give more general focus on the power of words for all of us. But today, I want to spend a little bit of time addressing dads. It's Father's Day. And I just want to... Um, I kind of want to cast a vision of what I want you to step into and how you can use your words that are very powerful in a way that can really be life-changing for your kid. And so I, I get it sometimes on Father's Day, dads can come in here and feel a little beat up. And so here's my, uh, my picture for you, and this may... Um, seem a little weird, but we're, we're family, and you guys let me be a little weird. And so here's my picture. It, it may feel a little bit like, like a punch in the gut. It, it may, all right? It may feel like that a little bit throughout this message, but my end goal is that it feels like a pat on the butt. Amen? All right? Or if that's kind of offensive, a high five. I use butt because gut and butt rhyme. So a punch in the gut, but ultimately my desire is that you get a pat on the butt. You walk out of here, and you feel not just encouraged, but kind of empowered, and empowered in the sense that you, you see the weight, the potential that just the use of your words can have in the shaping of a child. You'll see this next week, and so I'm kind of giving a little bit away, but, but James compares the tongue to like a, um, a rudder on a ship. You know, the tongue is, what is it, less than 1% of our body weight, but it has the power to kind of shape and turn a life, so that's why he compares it to the rudder of a ship. It's that powerful. He also compares it to a, a horse's bit, which weighs ounces, right? But it has the power to control a beast that weighs 2,000 pounds. And so all of us in this room, I don't have to build this up much, you know and understand the power of our words. The Bible over and over affirms this, speaks into this, helps us kind of see that our words are extremely powerful uh, Dale Bruner, who's a great commentator, has this to say about our words. Listen to what he says here. Words, as we know, from painful experience, have power to hurt. The schoolyard taunt, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me is not true. 
There are many people in mental wards because hateful names or words are lodged in their psyche like bullets in a spine. Words that question our intelligence or especially our character hurt deeply. Words that throw our mental ability into question or that consider us morally vile reach places in our nervous system that even lasers cannot touch. So it shouldn't be surprising to us that the two commands that are in the New Testament that are addressing fathers indirectly and directly speak of their words. Because words are extremely powerful. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, here's a command to the fathers that Paul gives us. Fathers, do not stir up anger in your children. The other command we just got done reading a few minutes ago, Colossians 3, verse 21. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. So in both of these texts, Texas. Text. Boy, you can tell I spent too much time on my phone for crying out loud. Amen. So both of these texts uh, lays out a warning for us. Warning for us as dad. Not to provoke. Not to exasperate. Not to embitter. And he's especially addressing fathers here and encouraging them to pay attention to how they use their words. Because the way that you speak to your children can provoke your children to anger It can provoke them to discouragement. It can provoke them to bitterness and even despair. And so if that's true on a negative slant, it's also true on a positive, right? That your words as a dad have the power to build up. Like no other person speaking to your kids. You have that kind of power in their life. Your words can strengthen They can encourage, they can literally give courage to your children. And every child longs for this. Every child wants their father's approval. Every child longs for their father's love. I would even kind of say it like this. Every child longs to hear a benediction from their dad. We do a benediction every single Sunday and For some of you that are new, it's always a little weird. Which hand am I supposed to bring up? And do you really want me to extend it that far? And it feels like I'm doing something that happened in World War II. But but look, here's the thing. I love what we do with that because it's a blessing for the road. It's a way of sending you out. And in a similar way, your children from their dads long to have a blessing. A good word that is spoken over them, a, a, a benediction, a blessing that is spoken over them. I would say, man, and maybe this might be too extreme, but I, I don't know, maybe not. I believe it's a longing that every kid has in their life. And I would even say this, even as an adult child, you don't grow out of this. Even as a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old, you still long to hear your dad speak a blessing A word of encouragement. A good word over you. One of my favorite authors, Ronald Roheiser, right now, and he wrote a little book called Sacred Fire. I've mentioned this quite a bit. And I I just want to say this real quick here. If you go and buy that book, please hear me. 
Like, I don't agree with everything that Ronald Rollheiser says in his book. And every book that I mention from here, I don't necessarily agree fully with. So, so like, I do want to cultivate in our church to where not everything we read or I talk about here is safe for the whole family. Like, I want to cultivate in our church a mind that thinks that processes and discerns what we're reading, that we have a a theological foundation that we can build off of and we can learn from other streams without it jacking us all up, all right? So you follow me? All right, so that said, Ronald Rollheiser has been an enormous blessing in my life in a few of the books that I've read for him, and one of them is Sacred Fire, and he has a chapter on blessing, and he says this. Listen to what he says here. The hunger for a father's blessing is one of the deepest hungers in the whole world, especially among men. Without a blessing from above, and that vitally includes a blessing from our own fathers, we will carry both a deep wound and a deep hunger. And there will, in effect, be a constriction around our hearts, a steel band that suffocates in countless ways and helps rob our lives of both color and delight. So the reality is, is there's a lot of us in this room have never, never received that kind of word or benediction from your dad. And to this day, you carry both the wounds and the hunger that arises from its absence. And all I'm trying to do this morning is to challenge myself, because I'm a dad, all right? I've got one of my boys in here. Glad I don't have all of them in here, because they'd be taking notes, going, oh, you're missing it here, dad, all right? Remember what you said. One of the critiques I'm getting from Conlon quite often is I need to tell more stories in my talks. Like, dad, you're getting a little boring. You need to bring some more stories in there, right? It's like, okay, buddy, I'll, I'll work on that. But my desire for myself and for you as a dad, is I want to chart a better way. I want to encourage us to be that kind of blessing for our children. I want to encourage us that we would would own the responsibility as dads to speak these words over our children. And so to kind of give us a pattern here, Uh, I think what we see in Matthew chapter 3 where the greatest blessing that's ever been spoken by a father to a son is right here at the baptism, right? The greatest blessing that we have recorded of a father to a son is right here. And in this, I think we can see, uh, call it pattern, call it elements of a blessing that we as fathers need to step into. And so I don't normally say this, but I want to encourage the dads to to write these three things down. I do. And maybe the Lord will take one that you can step into and work on as a father. You've got plenty of space to take notes. Amen? A lot of blank right here. So you can even get a crayon out or a Sharpie, and you won't run out of room. Okay? So, So take some notes here. The first one is this. Blessing begins with presence. Blessing begins with presence. Look what happens here in Matthew 3. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water, and the heaven suddenly opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove 
and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said. So the first thing that you notice here is that the Father is there. The Father shows up. The Father was present. He wanted to make his presence known so much that he opened up the heavens. He wanted to make his presence felt, so he sent his Holy Spirit as a dove. So that Jesus, his Son, could feel the very presence of his Father. God the Father was present, and so therefore he models for us as fathers, earthly fathers, the priority of our presence in our kids' lives. The Father showed up. The Father saw. The Father paid attention. Now look, it, it doesn't take long, dads, for us to, to, to realize and even begin to notice how desperate our kids are for our attention, right? I mean, you go to a pool, you're outside in the yard, or you're at a playground. How many times do you hear this? Dad, watch this. Dad, dad, watch this. Watch this. Notice, say, Dad, watch me, watch me. Don't, don't take your eyes off me. Watch me. And then they do their deal. Did you see it, Dad? Did you see it? Right? That's a, a kid's longing for your attention, for your presence in your life. You hear it thousands of times in a week. It's a longing that a kid has deep in their hearts. Now, granted, you know, as they, as they get older, right, it, it's a little different, right? I, you know, my 9-year-old still kind of does that. My 12-year-old's Moving out of that, my 16 and 19-year-old are not saying to me anymore, Dad, watch this, watch this, see this. Usually when they say that, it's not going to be good, right? You know, or it's like, listen to this, Dad. <laughs> then you want to run out of the room, amen? It's like, all right, man, I'm glad I trained you really well. Really nice stuff there. But here's, here's what I would say, though. I think that longing still remains. The longing of a father's presence and attention still remains. It's still there. It's still present. I remember a little, a little over a year ago, we were doing an event here uh, at the church, and my oldest, Michael Brown, was a senior last year, and he was running at a track meet. And I'll tell you, sometimes um, I feel like, as a pastor, that I'm pulled in a million different directions, and no one's happy. That's how I feel. Probably one of the reasons why I had to go to counseling and still sometimes go to it, amen? Maybe that was too much, all right? So, because you guys are not laughing at that. It's like, oh my gosh, our pastor's losing it. So here's the, here's the thing. And so I was at this, I was talking with Josh, and I just said, look, dude, man, I, I feel this need to be here for this event. I feel like I need to kind of be present with that. I'm not sure what our church would think if I'm not there. And then I feel also this desire to be at my son's track meet. This is his senior year. I feel like I need to be at this place. And so, look, I, literally, Josh grabbed me and looked me in the eyes and says, look, Lyle, look at me. You don't need to be here. We got it. You need to go be present with your son. He said, you know what I remember in childhood, Lyle? My dad was a busy man also. He was a pastor, had a busy schedule. But he never missed a meet of mine. And to this day, I can still hear my dad's voice yelling for me as I'm running around that track. And so I said, yes, sir. I'm out of here. And I thank God for that because he's right on. Our children desperately need their parents' presence 
and their lives, especially dads. And when you're with them, guys, be with them. The curse of technology is that your work follows you wherever you go. And everyone is guilty of this, just like I am. We can be with our kids, but at the same time, we're not with our kids. Turn the phone off and get your head up. Pay attention. Blessing begins with presence. Secondly, blessing is communicated with words. Look, God the Father shows up, and what does he do? He speaks. Look what he says here in verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Guys, look. A dad can be present in a child's life and not be a blessing because the words that they hear from their dad are always cutting. Are you following me? A dad can be present with their kid and not be a blessing because the words that are coming out of their mouth are destructive and cutting and hurtful. To be a blessing, the blessing we're talking about here has to be communicated with words. Yes, it begins with presence, but it also requires words of affirmation, words of your love for them, words of your delight for them, specific ways that you can speak encouraging words into your kids. It's interesting, the very first recorded words of God the Father in the New Testament are right here. I mean, think about that. The very first recorded words of God in the New Testament are right here when he shows up at baptism and he gives a blessing, a word, this is my son in whom I love. I am well pleased. He voiced that. And the reason why he voiced that is because every child needs it. They don't need to assume or guess or wonder if their dad loves them. Well, son, I'm paying the bills. You got food on the table. What else do you need? I'll tell you what they need. They need to hear it from your mouth. And that's exactly what's going on here. Guys, you've got to remember, Jesus is, is fully God and fully human. Jesus needed to hear this from his heavenly Father. He needed to hear from his dad, this is my beloved son. I love him. I delight in him. And every child has a need, a longing, not only for their dad's presence, but for their dad to speak words of affirmation and love and encouragement. Listen to how one writer talks about this need. A boy needs to be able to look into his father's eyes and see admiration and delight. Boys without fathers or boys with fathers who for whatever reason keep their love undisclosed begin life without a center of gravity. They float like astronauts in space hoping to find a ballast and a patch of earth 
where they can plant their feet and make a life. Many of us who live without these gifts that only a father can bestow go through life banging from guardrail to guardrail trying to determine why our fathers kept their love nameless as if ashamed. Look, guys, I get it. Blessing at times is hard, right? We as dads and we as, or not we, and moms, because I'm not a mom, obviously, are not just called to dote and offer unfiltered affirmation all the time. We're also commanded to give instruction, correction, train them up, give them wisdom, and sometimes that means a hard word. Sometimes that means a word of correction. Sometimes that means that it may feel a little awkward for a while, right? Because you've got to confront and deal with it. But, big but, words of affirmation and encouragement must come, and they must come from your mouth, Dad. As your unique privilege and responsibility to speak words of love and encouragement and affirmation. As most of you know, I've shared little bits about my dad. Uh, he passed away about 15 years ago. He, he died of cancer. And guys, like, I'm just being honest, man. I'm not going to try to get all soppy up here. But I do miss that. I do. I, I, that's one part that I greatly miss with my dad. The spoken words of love and affirmation. My dad was harsh um, in learning more about his kind of like his childhood. The reality is my dad did the best he could, explaining the, some of the abusive situations that he came out of. Um, but if there's one thing that my dad did pretty well, all right, pretty well, and he didn't do this really well when we were young, but he did this as he got older and as I got older. And, and maybe because I was young, I was annoying, and maybe he started to like me a little bit better as I got older. But, but he was liberal with his praise. He was always affirming, always communicating his love for me and how proud he was of me. And if there's one thing that I try to um, imitate from my dad, is that with my boys. And look, guys, I, look, I got room to grow. You can ask my boys, right? It's like, let's have a conversation. I got room to grow. But this is one thing that I've tried to do and do well. I don't want any of my boys to ever wonder of their love that I have for them. I speak it often. I speak of how proud of I am of them. And I try to affirm specific things in their life that I'm seeing out loud. Not perfect, right? But progress, growth. Blessing begins with presence. Blessing is communicated with words. And lastly, blessing culminates in delight. And look what happens here in verse 17. A voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, with whom I delight in. So God the Father is present with the son. He affirms his love for his son. But ultimately, 
His words are fueled by His delight in His Son. You are my beloved Son with whom I delight in, with whom I am well pleased. The Father doesn't just love the Son. He delights in the Son. So it's not just enough to be present with them. It's not just enough to pronounce words of blessing over them. That's hugely important. But it's also extremely important that our children see our joy in them. That they can look in our eyes and know that we delight in them. I know some of you are probably sitting here going, well, you know, wow, if I had Jesus as my kid, I could definitely delight in him, right? You have no idea what kind of kid I got, right? You're, you're right. Maybe your child is a long way off from Jesus, but the reality is this, is that we as dads, we're a long way off from our father in this element here and how he models fatherhood, doesn't he? But he is inviting us into this. That they would sense and feel your delight in them. I mean, you get this, guys. I mean, you've, you've seen this even with your own kids. You went through it in your own life. There, there comes a time where they begin to kind of see that, you know, uh, something's missing in them. Something's kind of off. They're, you know, um, they're, they kind of begin to see their lack, right? So, you know, maybe it's their um, kind of like their looks, you know, they begin to see other people that look different than them, and they don't really match up to how that person looks. Their body figure is a little weird and different. You, you begin to kind of navigate. Maybe it's their intellect. They're, they're smarts. They're not as intelligent as that so-and-so in that class, and they begin to kind of see something that's lacking, that's off. Maybe it's their kind of skill set, their talent, right? They, they join a ball team, and they thought they were awesome in the backyard with Dad, but then they get on a team, and they're pretty bad, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you've navigated those conversations with them. They feel their lack. And here's what I want to say, even in the midst of these moments, even in the midst of tantrums and sin and throwing fits, your children need to feel their dad's delight in them. Look, you can fake presence. We do that really well, don't we? Or I've done it really well. Hearing a story from one of my kids, it's really long. I'm kind of done, and I'm smiling, and I'm not listening, right? We can fake presence. We can even fake our words. But you can't fake delight. Your kids see it. So look, I'm not saying that every second, every moment in the home, it needs to be full of delight and joy, and your kids need to see you delight in them. I'm just saying this. This is what I'm after. I'm after kind of like the melody, right? What's the melody? What's the common theme in my home? Do my kids feel my delight in them? Here, how would I translate that? Do, they, do I laugh? Do we laugh together? Do we enjoy one another? Or is your only conversation with your son or daughter always a correction? That's one of the things I noticed as my kids got older. I felt like every conversation could be a corrective conversation, right? It's like there's so much going on here that every single one could be in a situation. Let's sit you down. I got to talk to you about something I noticed a half hour or one minute ago, right? And I'm like, no, that doesn't help. 
Like, I need my kids to feel my delight in them. Sometimes that's experienced through just laughing together and enjoying one another. So blessing begins with presence. Blessing is communicated with words. And blessing culminates in delight. Dad, your kids desperately need this. They long for it. They want it. So let me close by just kind of saying a couple things here. This sermon can sting in, I think, um, multiple ways. So I'll just mention two here real quick. The first one is this, is that it can sting in in that it it kind of um, shows where you're failing, right? Like none of us, including me, are, are doing these in any way, shape, or form perfectly. And that's kind of the convicting part of today, right? But there's an area that, I mean, I talked to Kathy about this quite a bit, that I want to continue to grow in, is in my, in my presence with my kids. So I got an opportunity this week uh, to, left here Tuesday, got back last, late last night to speak at a youth camp. Um, a good friend of ours uh, was a member here at our church named Kevin Dunn, uh, leads a youth ministry down in Cummings, Georgia. I've done a few things for him, and so he invited me to come back and, and speak at their camp. And Kathy was able to go, and our, our three boys, Joseph, uh, three of the four, Joseph, Conlon, and Davin, Michael Bryan had to stay home and, and work and make money, so I feel kind of bad about that. Um, but he was a trooper and, and took it really well. And one of the things, I mean, we got, it, it was a wonderful week. Um, we had bed bugs. That's a whole other story in and of itself. But, uh, but overall, great week, right? It really was. I did six sermons in about three and a half days, and kind of today I've spoken eight times in less than a week, and I'm just like done hearing myself talk. Like I really am. I told Eddie coming in here, I'm going to put a piece of duct tape over my mouth after I get done here. I'm done. I can't do any more words. I've used up all the words I've got and really gone overtime on those. But here's one of the things that I said last night to Kathy, and um, yeah, I I just didn't feel like I was present with my boys. And some of that's understandable. Like, you give a talk in the morning, you, you, another one's coming in the evening. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, I, I'm trying to get my mind, you know, done with one. Now I got to get my mind around another talk that's coming in the evening. And, and I do. I tried my best to be present, but I wasn't very present. I wasn't. And some of that is stuff that I'm still working on, man, because some of that's rooted in this desire to perform well, which isn't bad. Like, I want to do a good job for Kevin. I want to serve him well. I want to serve their ministry well, but some of that can be unhealthy to the point um, to where my kids feel like I'm not there. And it's an area I want to grow in. As a dad, I want to be more present with my kids. So what is it for you? Let's not step into all three, just pick one. Another way this stings, and I'll kind of close with this, is that sometimes a message like this can kind of stir up old wounds that were inflicted by your own father. And those wounds are there as a result of a father's words, possibly. Harsh, cutting, damning words. Where you never received a blessing, a good word, 
a benediction from your dad. Some of it can be from words that were left unsaid. Not just words that were said, but words that were left unsaid. And I think one of the most challenging things in life is to, um, and I'm not there yet, I'm still figuring this out, but to kind of come to grips with both limits and losses, right? Like we got to get to a place where we understand our limits of what we can and cannot do, and we've got to come to kind of like um, even a peace with our own losses. And what what I mean by that primarily is, and I don't know fully what all this means. I know in part what this means, but not fully. But we've got to be able to grieve our losses if we want to move forward in hope. And what I mean by grieve our losses is you've got to learn how to grieve what your dad was not capable of doing for you. And if you're not able to grieve that, then hear me. We've said this before around here. You will transfer that to your own kids. So if we don't transform it, it will be transferred. And so part of that transformation is there's got to be a grieving that happens in you to where you grieve the loss of what your dad was unable to do in your life or the wounds that your dad inflicted in you. Because if you don't transform it, it will get transferred to your kids. And the very thing that you vowed that you would not be I'm not going to be like my dad, is what you'll be. You'll wake up one day, and you'll hear yourself talk, and you'll go, oh my goodness, that sounds just like my dad. The very thing that I didn't want to be. And not only do we have to grieve those losses, but I think part of that work, hear me, this is how we move forward, this is how we make these first steps, because we want to be a blessing to our kids, is that we have to receive the very blessing that God the Father is speaking over you. You follow me? If I can't hear the very blessing that God the Father is speaking over me and receive that and own that and allow that to kind of transform my interior world, then listen, guys, listen. Dads, you'll never be a blessing for your kids. In some ways you will, but in this particular specific way you won't. And so if you're a child of God, if you are a Christian, hear me. The very blessing that Jesus hears from his Father is the very same blessing that God the Father is speaking over you right now. Because you're his kid. And we see this over and over in the Bible, and I'll just show you one of them. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 says this. But to all who did receive him, who received Christ, put their trust in him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not from natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but you are born of God. And when that happens, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. And the blessing that God was speaking over Jesus, he's speaking the same blessing over you. And that blessing needs to be heard not one time, but every day of your life. You need to wake up and hear God say, you're loved. I delight in you. You bring me joy. 
So that blessing is that God is present in your life right now. He knows your, your darkest secrets. He knows what's going on in your interior world. He knows what you did last night, today. He knows the sin that you're still struggling with. Dads, he knows you fully, and he's present with you. He's not disgusted with that. Why? Because you're his kid. And he loves you unconditionally. Because love for you is not rooted in your performance. It's rooted in the performance of Jesus. And so he can look at you and not only be present with you, but speak words of love over you and delight in you. When he thinks of you, Dad, joy, delight. Love. And when that benediction gets in here and it continually grows in here, listen to me. You will be a blessing to your kids because it will naturally flow out of a transformed heart. So, look, this doesn't happen overnight, right? One step at a time. One step at a time. And what God is inviting you into right now is for you as his child to hear, to get it in here, the blessing that he speaks over you right now. You are loved. And he delights greatly in you. And then go and be a blessing to your kids. Let's pray.